0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week? Here it is, February 8th, 1997. I'm getting a little more used to it.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I know. Oh, I know you were having some trouble.
0: Ninety-seven.
1: I find it so odd that you have trouble with certain years as numbers. Well,
0: you don't like you don't think about how the way that that numbers or whatever things flow in your mouth. Not really. No, you don't think about the mouth feel of of certain words.
1: Mm, I know. I don't like the way moist sounds, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't really have anything against uh, the way it feels in my mouth.
0: (laughs) Oh, is that right? Yeah. (laughs) So you don't mind a little moist in your mouth then? I guess not. But no, I mean, there there are certain like salubrious. There are certain words that they just, they're pleasing sounding. Okay,
1: but. You don't think so? Sure, but we're talking about years. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't go like
0: 1913. Now that's weird. That's a weird year. You're right. <laughs> you you. I know you're mocking me, but you came up with a good one. 19, it would be, It would have been weird to be like 1913. I don't think so. And yet 2013 sounds good.
1: 2020 20 or whatever.
0: 2020?
1: Can you imagine? How's that one sound?
0: That sounds weird. But it's sounds uh,
1: alliterative.
0: I know, but it sounds yeah, 2020. Oh, I've got 2020 vision. <laughs> oh my god, is 2020 an election year? Um uh, uh let's see 96, 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012, yes. 2016, 2012. Oh my god. Okay, my presidential campaign 2020. I've got 2020 vision. There you go. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> if some politician doesn't use that, they are missing the boat. And whatever politician does use that, is probably a douchebag. <laughs> because I'm a douchebag and I just thought of that.
1: All right. So you heard it here first. In 23 years, Mark's running for
0: president and his slogan will be... 2020 vision. All right. Listen to massive late... <laughs> And have 2020 vision, everybody. Anyway, so uh John F. Kennedy Jr. will probably be running for president by then.
1: We'll see, yeah, maybe. I
0: know that's the one you don't want to run for president. <laughs> you said the Kennedys had their time. It, it was a whole it was a whole bit. I remember. Back when the show was funny, it was a whole <laughs> <laughs> It was a whole what bit. What the fuck? I am hilarious. Back when you used to react to things.
1: Back when you used to like me. I
0: still, I love you. You know I love you. Whatever. Anyway, so did you have any any fun things happen this week?
1: I don't know. I worked a lot this week. Mm -hmm. And I had to get up super early for work today. So that's all I have in my mind right now is just being really tired and... That we watched, you know, the movie, because that's all we had time for, really. Yeah. How about you? Did you have fun while I was working?
0: Yeah, I went to a skate park.
1: What were you doing at the skate park? Skating. No.
0: Yeah. No. I pulled out the old skateboard, and I gave it a go.
1: Are you fucking kidding me?
0: And I played... Do you even
1: have health insurance? Like, what is wrong with you? Does it matter? Yeah.
0: I don't need health insurance. Come on.
1: Uh, If you're gonna go skateboarding on concrete parks with twelve-year-olds, then you do.
0: (laughs) We're people, not cars, Carol. Our bodies heal themselves. What the fuck? Um, no, but uh, you know, and I played. I I I played GoldenEye with my friends.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a
0: blast. It's fun. It's a good game. (laughs) Like four four of us will get together. And we, we hook up the 64 and the, the N64 and all the controllers and then four of us will get together and we play the like the multiplayer shoot each other kind of thing. So then if you get the golden gun and then you shoot somebody, then they, they die instantly. One shot.
1: Uh, the nice. The golden gun.
0: <laughs> and we listen to techno music. Okay. What, well, we play? <laughs> One time we were playing, we're playing GoldenEye and we're listening to mu- like techno music. It's just like it's like a drone in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I start listening to it and it's just like the things just going there. A thousand snakes, snakes everywhere. <laughs> I'm just like I turned to Alex and I'm like what the fuck are we listening to?
1: <laughs> yeah, techno music is only meant for uh people who are high.
0: Yeah, or like you go to the club and you you know you can, you can barely hear it. You're not even focusing on it. You're trying to grind up on a girl, you know?
1: Yeah, it's all about the rhythm. It's... Choo, 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 right. Choo. Yeah.
0: It's all about the rhythm. <laughs> that's what dancing that club's like. Yeah. All about the rhythm. Anyway, so... Enough with the skater girls and uh, club girls that I'm going after.
1: What in the actual fuck? <laughs> uh, excuse me, you motherfucker.
0: No, you know that's not happening. Mmm. I did. Now I'm
1: not so sure.
0: Yeah, like when you go to uh Clutch Cargos uh, for those of you not in the Michigan area, it's a you know dance club. Uh for them, when you go to Clutch Cargos like uh guys aren't trying to come up on uh on your uh, booty there.
1: Who cares? I I don't I'm not going looking for their booty. Why
0: oh, didn't I'm not some I'm, I'm not either. It you was, said you were. It's a joke.
1: Fuck you. <laughs> don't joke about that shit. You don't
0: don't you understand how bits work, Kara? <laughs> it's a bit for the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're playing the, the angry girlfriend. is a bit for I'll, the show.
1: Um, I'll show you bits and pieces <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> all the girls that uh, we're hitting on I me. Mean, Rice. <laughs> this is, this start, is called Mark's Mistakes Stew.
1: <laughs> start finding little pieces all around the house. <laughs> And taking
0: lessons from Brandon on 90210. Uh, 90210 has been on for a, a few years now, seven, yeah. seven seasons, I believe, currently. But one show that might not be around for any more than uh, than a couple seasons is that that show we watched and we liked uh, the the Ray Romano show. Uh, everybody, everybody loves, loves Raymond. Raymond, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: it's not doing well.
0: Well, this is notes from Captain Video file. It says. Despite its wretched ratings. Thanks. Sitcom has a ray ah, of hope. Ich. Right from the start, Ray Romano figured his show had a lousy name. <laughs> Let me see if I can do his voice. <clears throat> it doesn't have a, I can't do what it. What the fuck? I can't do it. Debra <laughs> I can't his voice sounds kinda like he sounds kinda like it's so like Kermit T Frog, you know, it kinda of, kinda of sounds like Kermit, but it's like very it's a lot deeper and I can't do it. Wow. I can't get there. I can't get from one to the other. But he's got that kind of voice. It doesn't have an adult sitcom sound, says comic Romano in his characteristic deadpan manner. It just sounds like an Urkel show. <laughs> wow. Ouch. At least Romano and executive producer Phil Rosenthal. Everybody loves Rosenthal. Doesn't have the same <laughs> ring are able to maintain a jaunty sense of humor about the rotten ratings for their otherwise fine little family comedy.
1: How can well, it be fine otherwise when the ratings are, like, literally the measurement of how good it is?
0: Right. Uh, it's finished number 79 in the Sweet Snails.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> so Raymond goes down to hole.
0: Right, exactly. So if he had to rename his show... Evidently, everybody does not love Raymond would be the obvious choice. Rosenthal jokes. Right. These guys can afford to kid around. CBS is done right by Romano. Instead of yanking, everybody loves Raymond because it failed to instantly snag an audience. CBS hung in there. It renewed the rookie sitcom for a full season of 22 episodes, even though it usually finishes third or fourth in its dreadful Friday night time slot. Following brain-dead Dave's World. ooh, Not a fan of Dave's World. <laughs> you like Dave's World.
1: It's it's fine. It's not as funny as Everybody loves Raymond, though.
0: It's, do you think it's brain-dead? No. And come March, everybody loves Raymond. We'll get a spring test drive in the more successful 8.30 p.m. Monday time slot, now occupied by Ted Danson and Inc., which will move to 9.30 p.m. Mondays. I don't watch Ted Danson's ink. What the hell is it? I-N-K. Is he doing tattoos? What what is this? It's Ted Danson and a bunch of bikers. Right. So they're giving it a a shot on Monday night, and they're renewing it for a second season, and we're going to see what happens. But, I mean, whew. Is it? It's got a time slot. It's got to be a big part of it, right? It's Friday night. So that's a terrible time for shows.
1: Yeah, I mean, people who have a life are not watching TV at that time. No, they're
0: clutch cargos <laughs>
1: grinding up on somebody.
0: Right, listening to a and snakes. Snakes everywhere. <laughs> it was so weird. Anyway, uh, speaking of grinding, Carol, next week. Well, yeah, next week is, is almost said Halloween, spookiest time of the year. It's Valentine's Day. And we've got, we'll, we'll be air, our next show will air the day after Valentine's Day. That's what I'm trying to say. So this is our last week before the Valentine's Day holiday, Carol. Could you look a little more confused <laughs> over there? Like a blitz, like Tabla Rosa. You're a blank <laughs> slate over there. As I'm talking. I just Thank God to... there are no cameras in here.
1: <laughs> Well, they, Why do we need them? We describe everything to them. It's
0: theater of the mind. You know?
1: <clears throat> no, I was just thinking that like Valentine's Day is next week and I have nothing for you and nothing planned and I suck.
0: Is that your, well, that's what you have for me. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that your thinking face? <laughs> I guess so. You look like an automaton. Like it was my—it
1: s- was my slightly panicked thinking face.
0: Ah, that makes a lot more sense. But because of that, we are going to settle in for a little bit of massive love, Carol. All right, let's do it. First one here, <clears throat> by curious single black male, thirty-seven, five seven, hundred and thirty-five pounds, seeking feminine passionate male, Virgo or Capricorn, 18 to 30, 140 to 160 pounds for discreet relationship, Detroit area. What do you think about this?
1: Like Virgo or Capricorn? Like I mean, I, I, I agree with astrological stuff. But you're literally cutting your chances down to, like, one-sixth of the population right there.
0: Oh, you're, yeah. I mean, he's cutting his chances down to nothing. And then a
1: 30-pound range of weight.
0: Right, 20 pounds. (laughs) 140
1: to 160. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the age range is at least a little bit wide because it's 18 to 30. But this dude's 37, by the way. Okay. So he's he's okay with an eighteen year old. Weird. But he
1: doesn't want anybody anywhere near his age?
0: I guess not. Five seven, hundred and thirty-five pounds. So he's very lean. Uh and he's seeking so this is these are the boxes you have to check. You have to be feminine <laughs> as a man. Okay. You have to be passionate. You have to be male. You have to be either a Virgo or a Capricorn. <laughs> You have to be between 18 and 30, and you have to weigh between 140 and 160 pounds. If
1: you're 161 pounds, get out of here, you
0: fat cow. You piece of shit. And if you're 138 pounds, eat a fucking sandwich. (laughs) You have to be able to be discreet, because this is a discreet relationship. Of course, they all are. you need to be in the Detroit area.
1: I'm surprised it didn't say anything about being clean.
0: Right. But yeah, like... Weird, right? I mean what's so what is the special significance of being a Virgo or a Capricorn, Carol?
1: Who knows? Like, first of all, we don't know his astrological sign.
0: Which but you're into this stuff, so you should know.
1: I mean, I know I know a little. I don't really like off the top of my head, I don't know what Virgo or Capricorn are like because I don't really book. know any. You need your book. I do, I need my book.
0: Need because to do someone's I've, star chart.
1: I've spent lots of time doing charts, but I've never done one for a Virgo or a Capricorn. Oh really? Yeah. Oh.
0: My mom's a Virgo. I'll have
1: to do her chart. I that would know. be fun.
0: I guess she's somewhat feminine.
1: <laughs> but she is not a man and she's not thirty, so no, she's not between 18 and 30. <laughs> she is not gonna be answering this ad.
0: Well, Carol can't sleep. Question mark? Never. Would you like a sexy, sensuous, single white male to talk to you and gently relax you with good conversation?
1: Oh my God, is he offering to be a phone sex operator? What's going on? Apparently,
0: that's it, because that's the entire ad.
1: What the fuck? The entirety
0: of the ad is can't sleep, question mark. Would you like a sexy, sensuous, single white male to talk to you and gently relax you with good conversation? That's our job, by the way, dick. Like, that's what we do.
1: But, I mean, like, to relax you with good conversation. Like, when he starts out, it's kind of sexy. Like, oh, sensual guy, you know, and, and like, to relax you with good conversation. That sounds like something that you do with your grandma. Like, (laughs) I don't understand. Where is he going with this? Pick a side.
0: Do you need someone to read uh, The Catcher in the (laughs) Rye,
1: (laughs) you? Let me make you some warm milk and, uh, I
0: don't know. Are you homebound? (laughs) Right
1: here go to sleep and then i will uh, rob you
0: oh yeah oh my god i didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> he's gonna hypnotize them to sleep and then rape them oh i oh. said rob rob i know i know but i went to the ew it's in the personal ads ew. Ew. he's sensual he says rape isn't that sensual no not usually uh <laughs> okay not historically There weren't, uh, you know, when the, uh, when the Vikings came into town, it wasn't that sensual. Ew. (laughs) Vikings weren't.
1: (laughs) You don't know their life, okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could you you imagine, though, (laughs) polite, polite pillagers? They, uh, you know, they're coming around the horizon. They've got their, their swords and bows and arrows or whatever and everything, their clubs, and, uh. All the women are like, oh no, here they come. They're going to rape and. Oh, but they brought flowers. <laughs> <laughs> they got flowers in their other hand. Oh, Aw, so nice. That's thoughtful. It's awful. Straight, moral, sensitive female seeking the same for friendship. If you feel as empty as I do. Holy shit. And are brave enough to admit it, then call me. Inf- introverts are especially encouraged to respond.
1: What the fuck? This lady needs a therapist. <laughs> this is the person.
0: Yeah. Not, not another empty vessel to talk-, <laughs> to talk about That's- their misery with.
1: And two introverts do not work. I like, know. no.
0: Two introverts make a uh guinea. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say in implosion vert. So, straight, moral, she needs you to know she's moral, sensitive, female, seeking same for friendship if you feel as empty as I do and are brave enough to admit it. Do you think that, okay, do you think that she really, this sounds like an advertisement for a cult, right? I mean... Do you have money and you feel the uh, emptiness inside and you need someone to, to give you purpose for money?
1: Maybe she maybe she's like closeted and so she's like looking
0: for somebody who's
1: Ooh. moral and right. empty and Oh
0: I think you've cracked the code here, Carol. <laughs> I think you have cracked the lesbian code. If you're uh yeah, if you feel as empty as I've a penis just doesn't fill you up the way uh you know, a fist would. Oh god or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what lesbians do. Because I'm not one. And I have nothing they want.
1: Well, you have something they want. What? You have a mouth?
0: Okay, but they but it's attached to a guy. So not uh not something they're into. Last one here. <clears throat> not politically correct. To want you, but oh, baby, I do. <laughs> cute, petite, degreed, single black female, 22, 5'5", five, five, 120 pounds. You, sweet, cute, lean, kissable, strong, single white male, 28 to 30 with goals, but also want to have fun. It's not politically correct to want you. Oh baby, I do.
1: That's so fucked up.
0: She's a, a cute, petite, degree single black female who's twenty two years old, five five hundred and twenty pounds, so lean for sure. Um, and she wants a sweet, cute, lean, kissable, strong, single white male, twenty eight to thirty, which is a tight ass range. Yeah. Here. She, this this woman works with someone who's married or something <laughs> that she wants, and she's like, I'll just get his carbon copy. There you go. With goals, but also want to have fun. So it's not politically correct because she's black and he's white? I kind of thought we were past that. I thought the politically correct thing to want would be for black and white to be together, right? Right, you would think. So I don't. I don't get it. Should be like not politically correct for me to wanna fucking murder you. <laughs> but Bo oh baby I do. <laughs> That's a different kind of ad. How is so sweet, cute, lean, which, you know, fine. Those are all fun. Kissable. How how is how do you tell if someone's kissable? I don't know.
1: Maybe they have a, a pretty mouth. What's a f- <laughs>
0: From in the south? Right. What's a kissable person? What's a kissable face look like, Carol? Do I have a kissable face? Of course you do. Okay, so why?
1: With the cute, cute little pinchable cheeks. He shaved
0: off his beard today. So. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Pinchable cheeks. You're wanting me to never want to be clean shaven again. Because the way you are, describe me like a cherub. (laughs)
1: You're very handsome baby, I love you I'm not trying to make you uh, feel bad I'm just saying, you do have pinchable cheeks And they're cute
0: <laughs> You have pinchable cheeks too just Yeah, I was waiting for that Anyway, speaking of pinchable uh, Someone pinch me because oof, I need to be, I don't know, goosed what
1: the fuck is happening right now?
0: get excited about the movie that we
1: watched. Wow. Wow. That was the worst segue I've ever heard in my whole life.
0: <laughs> oh, we went up high this week, Carol. We got up real high on Dante's Peak.
1: We we did watch Dante's
0: Peak. Yes. I thought Dante was going to be... I mean, you were
1: high at the skate park.
0: I thought Dante was going to be uh, Pierce Brosnan's... Characters. Name. Oh my God! It was going to be Dante's peak. That's what he called it. Anytime he brought a woman to climax.
1: I don't think peak. that he's capable of doing that. Considering the entire movie, he was only <laughs> able to kiss this woman like one time.
0: Yeah, and she was practically
1: begging him to fuck her.
0: He's not. He's not a. He's a handsome man, but he is not a very sensual man. Yeah. <laughs> he's handsome, but like he's handsome in the way that like a mannequin is <laughs> handsome, you know? Yes. Like where you see a statue and you're like, oh, that, the artist did a great job. That's a good looking statue. Right.
1: Yes, I get it. But you don't
0: want to fuck it. <laughs> and that's kind of what he's like.
1: He is a little too uh, prim and proper.
0: Yeah. I think that's what it is. He, it's like he wouldn't want to disturb you. In bed, you know what I mean, right? Like he would, it'd be very like a little motion, you know, and stuff.
1: Ew. And then you've got Linda Linda Hamilton from like
0: Terminator. Uh, Not from like Terminator, from the actual movie Terminator (laughs) and Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Right. Badass Linda Hamilton, completely wasted in this movie with no agency at all. Yeah.
1: And she was, like, wearing fucking heels most of the time.
0: She's the mayor of this fucking town. And you would think they get a badass like Linda Hamilton. Awesome actress, you know, just, like, very, like, strong woman, you know, and everything. And you get her, and you get Pierce Brosnan, whatever. And he's the expert because he's a volcanologist. He's the guy from the geological survey, but she's the mayor of the town that has worked to build up this town. And at no point does she ever seem in any kind of control.
1: No, I agree.
0: And it's just, I was really wasted. Like her character should have been written way stronger.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it started out that way. Like she's the kind of person that's always like running behind Mm -hmm. and doesn't like, her daughter's helping her find her clothes. and right. Yeah. Not the kind of person that you would expect to be the mayor of a town.
0: And for she, sure. And she... Like, they never butted heads. There was no tension between the two of oh, them. Oh, there was tension. Sexual tension. But, like, <laughs> she instantly believed him. Her child almost got killed. I'm not saying that... I'm just saying, like, f- structurally, from a movie's standpoint. I'm not saying... Thinking about it logically... I'm saying from a movie structure, he comes in and what he's saying could threaten this town. If he's wrong, if he's jumping the gun and there's never any tension there. She immediately believes him. She never doesn't believe him. And she goes with him the entire time.
1: I think she was letting her vagina do
0: her thinking. Well, that's not an interesting character.
1: (laughs) Also, I mean, that was coming from other people. That was coming from her mother-in-law. That was coming
0: from his boss for some reason, which I, I well, do not also understand. that makes no sense. The boss character doesn't even need to be in this movie, and instead it should have been him and her. Yeah. She should have been, you know, like, fighting against it.
1: Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, there was a lot of weirdness about the way they did this movie.
0: So, I guess to set things up, uh, you know, real quick, we watched Dante's Peak. Essentially, it's another disaster movie. Yeah. My least favorite kind of movie, but whatever. Uh, but it's a volcano. There's a town in, called Dante's Peak, and they're living below Dante's Peak. This giant, uh, this giant matte painting that <laughs>
1: right.
0: sits in the background <laughs> of this town. That, But it's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. There's a lot of really good shots in this movie. Yeah. cinematography is very good in this film. But... They live there in the shadow of this mountain, and it's hasn't erupted in like seven thousand years. It's not a very active volcano. A- at first, when they show it to Pierce Brosnan, he's like, "What do you think the odds are? Like a thousand to one to it, uh, you know, erupting?" And, he, and Pierce Brosnan, at first glance, is like, "More like ten thousand to one. Like this fucking thing is not one of the you know the active volcanoes. I wouldn't think anything of it, but I'll go up there and check it out because that's what you want me to do. So." That's what he does, and then the the plot kind of propels from there. And that's the, you know, this thing's going to blow. It's just like any other disaster movie. It's set up the town, set up the people, the characters, set up the situation, and then act three is tear the whole fucking thing down, (laughs) murder everyone, heap as much misery as you can on all these people. Right. And that's why I don't like these movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that, that's, you know, you get an emotional investment and instead of it paying off, it, you know, hurts.
0: <laughs> but so the, the back story of Pierce Brosnan's character is he was in Buenos Aires, I think, or something like that. He was in the, somewhere in South America. At the yeah. beginning of the movie, he's working with his fiance or girlfriend or whatever that was working with him. They're both volcanologists. Yeah, they're both volcanologists. And there's a volcano going off. And they're racing away from it and everything. They're talking about, like, oh, what a fun story and shit. If we get out of this alive and stuff that no human being would be talking about. And a piece of molten rock uh, kind of punches through the the top of the car that they're driving in, hits her in the head, and kills her. Yeah. So she dies. And, like, I think the movie wants us to think that because of this, he's more weary more cautious yeah but they never really establish that well
1: and like his boss seems to think that right but he doesn't ever come out and explicitly say it either
0: yeah he's just.
1: but he he doesn't trust his opinion
0: which is weird because the whole the the conflict of the movie doesn't work because he sends him to come check out dante's peak and he's like okay you know i think there's some signs here there's some some birds and and squirrels and stuff are dying in here. There's some trees that are dying. Looks like the the CO levels and things like that are are high enough. The sulfur content levels high enough where it's like killing some wildlife and stuff like that. There's a hot springs. There's a really terrible <laughs> scene yeah. with a group, uh, a not a group, uh, but just a, a couple, a couple from New, the Los Angeles or whatever that they. Are in the hot springs, and the, apparently the hot springs get so hot that they boil them alive.
1: Well, the ma- that shows like magma coming up into the water. Like she's like, "Oh, it's really hot," and then mm-hmm. that, like, I- this movie, I don't think handled the lava and magma correctly because I agree. I think the destruction happens further out from that source of heat. Like,
0: I yeah, because the. The, I think I think you're right. I think the lava itself is like super super hot, but I think all the air and everything around it is like super heated as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they'd just be like, oh, the water's hot, and then have magma come up and get them. Like, Ooh, right? They would have boiled to death without the magma. Well,
0: there are there's several times that magma in this acts like it's a killer in a slasher film. Right. Yes. Because there there's there's a time later where they're up in the mother in law's cabin and they're like they're just talking like, Oh, you packed your bags and everything and all of a sudden the whole the whole like front of the um or the whole back of the cabin just disintegrates as lava starts coming in the room and they start running from it and everything and there's lava all over the place and it's like oh, I just snuck up on you there <laughs> <laughs> Didn't feel it didn't hear anything right. it was just like that lava just crept up there it's like <laughs> no, we didn't know we didn't know because it wasn't on screen at the time and that's the first thing i thought of when that happened i was like that's like a killer bursting into the room right. Like what the
1: fuck and yeah i mean it's like surrounding them they're trying to drive through it which right. is ridiculous. Right. Like, there's just, there, there's no way. There are so many situations in this movie that they survive that there is absolutely no way they would survive.
0: Yeah, agreed. But, so, he, he, you know, the, the guy sends him up there, sends Pierce Brosnan up there, and Pierce Brosnan's like, well, here's some evidence that I've found. I think it's time to call a meeting of the town and, and you know, talk about the possibility that we might... Evacuate because this thing could go off, right? And the boss apparently hears about it. Right? Well, he calls him and he's like, "Hey, I think we need to send some people up here and stuff like that." Boss comes up and himself and he's like, "What the fuck? What are you doing? Like, you, you can't do this. You know, these things like they don't, they usually don't go off or whatever. You're you're too cautious." And and it's like this was never really established. And he says to him, "He's like, I need evidence, but." As far as we know, we don't understand we don't understand volcanoes enough. Right. To understand the conflict or where you guys are coming from because the the two people that died <laughs> in the Hot Springs and then all the dead animals and the plants dying that all seems like evidence to right. us. Like if that's a common thing that happens with volcanoes and then they just kind of recede again and they often don't erupt that's information that the general public needs yeah true because we don't that doesn't come across it comes across like pierce brosnan's using scientific evidence and he's like oh no you're you're just going on your gut you're just going on instinct that doesn't seem like the case at all no no
1: yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not like he's running around like a crazy person going, oh, let me, you know, scare you all or something. Right.
0: This had very... I think this is very much inspired by Twister. Uh, I think that... I mean, it, this might have been written before Twister or whatever, but I think that's definitely why it got the green light, because Twister was so successful. Mm-hmm. With the little crew that they bring in, they don't talk much. They We don't really establish a lot of their personalities, yeah. but... They're the eccentric group uh, that's, they're experts on this. I guess
1: weather people just have to be weird. (laughs) Right. And
0: that's very, it's very, that's very Twister-like to me. Yeah. I agree. And it's Twister-like in the fact that, like I said, and that's, at one point there's a little girl just sitting on, like, her front porch crying as the... The volcano starts erupting and everyone around them is dying, and it's like that girl's probably dead.
1: Yeah, she's holding a teddy bear, crying. Like, and you're like, where are her parents?
0: Dead? Like, are they? De- yeah. <laughs> people are people are stampeding all over the place. They're running all over each other. Uh, a helicopter pilot's taking fifteen thousand in cash to to, Ugh, to get people out of there. What an asshole! And then he ends up crashing and dying. Those people, by the way did nothing wrong. They're just trying to get out. Yeah. And they had money, but they die. And there's, like, none of these people did anything wrong. Or There's no villains in the movie, really. This is... The volcano's the villain. Yeah, and that, this is, like I said, there's no... Um, They're in it for the... There's no rival geology team that's, <laughs> that's not in it for the science. They're in it for the money or whatever. Right, right, right. But it's just... What I don't like about these disaster movies is we meet these people, they get you to like these people, and they're like, now let's shovel as much shit on these people as we possibly can. Yeah. And it's like misery porn, and I don't like it. But it's,
1: in what I like about it, it's interesting to me, like the science and stuff, like I want to take a geology class, like I enjoy learning about weather and stuff. And it's like I, I wonder like, is this what it'd really be like? So like it's it's more of a fascination, not not misery porn to me.
0: Well, and from a technical aspect, it's oh it's a fantastic feat. I mean, they they obviously built this town, the set and everything, and then they just fucking tear it all right. down. And it is it's over the top and just carnage, but in a in a good way, in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Take away the the human misery aspect of it; it's fucking over the top chaos. But you would think it would be with a with a massive volcano exploding, right? And but it's just like lava. I mean, like lava's destroying buildings. The fucking the what the steeple of the church is falling. Yeah, it just over. falls right off the church.
1: And like the river was like flooding, the bridge is crashing. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what was causing that.
0: I don't know, just like upheavals in the land and, yeah. and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: because there's a lot of earthquakes happening. I too. mean, it makes
0: it makes sense. Like it, I think I think a lot of it is true to life if, if it was a massive massive eruption.
1: Like I don't think that there was a sense of urgency prior to the actual eruption. Agreed. And there should have been.
0: Well, yeah, because they they go to get a glass of water and it's fucking brown because it's just filled with sulfur dioxide or whatever. And it's essentially become acid. And yeah, at that point, they're like, it's happening. Like, it's going to go. Yeah. And their readings are starting to be like, oh, it's going to go. And everyone's like, let's have a meeting. And they tell everyone, just be calm. Uh, you can, you know, in the morning, everyone can start to leave. And it's like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, the,
1: one person at the meeting is like, do we have to wait to leave? And she's like, well, no, you can go. No, they, like, no. everybody should have been fucking like, peace, I'm out.
0: At one point, she was on the mayor, uh, Linda Hamilton. At one point, she was on the TV giving like an address and everything, right? Mm. Why couldn't she have just done that? Why couldn't they have that? Like the sheriff's run driving around the town, being like town meeting, come to the town meeting. Why not just say, start packing your shit and leave? Right. Why didn't? Couldn't she go on the TV and say, hey, this volcano is going to erupt. We need to get out of the
1: town. You know why? I think mm. because they still weren't a hundred percent sure that it was going to erupt. And they were so worried about messing up the town's image because the, the background of the story, too, is the town's getting some fucking award for being, you know, one of the number, mm-hmm. the number two best number, place. Yeah.
0: And they're getting a plaque to
1: live under with a population of under 20,000 mm-hmm. because there's 7,000 people in this town.
0: Right. There were. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, there's like five, 10 people. left. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so I think, you know, that's that's part of what put the brakes on a lot of it was they wanted to keep their good reputation.
0: And there's some it, Jaws style. There's some rich developer that's like he's going to he's bringing a bunch of jobs there and stuff like that. And They don't want to spook him out. And he's like at one point right before the volcano erupts, he's like, I'm getting out of here before uh, thing shit hits the fan or whatever. Yeah. And then everything... It's like the volcano was waiting for us. <laughs> the millionaire's out of town. Okay.
1: So, once the volcano starts to erupt, mm-hmm. this movie becomes a fucking, like, nightmare. It's like, a horror show. Like... It I, just I couldn't. Keeps I couldn't worse. handle it. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It was so awful.
0: It's a disaster that just keeps getting worse. Like
1: every time you think, okay, it's got to be over. Nope, there's something else bad happening.
0: Yeah, they go. The grandma decides she's gonna stay on the mountain because her and her husband built it or whatever. And the mountain, the whole thing, one rock at a time. <laughs> the house that she lives in, right. the cabin, and the kids decide. That they're going to go up and get her. So, like, the nine-year-old or whatever is driving this car. He had to be, like, 12 or 13. I think he probably like 12. But he's driving this car up the mountain, can't see anything. Yeah,
1: because there's volcanic ash. Like, another issue I have with this movie is why are pe- vehicles still working? Don't know. It shouldn't be.
0: They should, not yeah. Air intake valves and stuff like that or whatever. But anyway... So they get up there and they get to the grandma that's when the uh serial killer lava starts stalking <laughs> them. And they get onto the into the boat and into the water. Yeah,
1: the the lake has turned to acid. The
0: They're in thing.
1: a boat that is fucking being eaten up by acid. Yeah. This is insanity. Is that
0: realistic the entire lake's turned to I acid? I don't know. I, mean, I, I guess.
1: <laughs> I want a actual volcanologist to, like, yeah. do some kind of, like, response to this movie.
0: Right. But so they get... The grandma has to eventually get down and physically pull the boat because it's... Easy. Like, at one point, one of the kids was like, acid eats metal. <laughs> like, yeah, and then the acid does... Like, it's almost like the acid was like, oh, yeah, we do. And then it starts to eat <laughs> the boat.
1: But, yeah, the grandma sacrifices herself to save them, which is nice. Like, I mean, I think she wanted to die. Mm-hmm. Which is why she wasn't leaving in the first place.
0: Maybe she didn't but, want to die in front of her grandkids though, like she gets to.
1: Yeah, it was awful. I mean, she jumps in fucking acid and and makes sounds that I'll never unhear.
0: <laughs> Those kids are scarred for life. Right?
1: And then and Pierce Brosnan's like carrying her down the right. mountain and like she's in so much pain. Like put a bullet in her head. Don't right. any of you people have guns? Like you're mountain folk. Come on.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, uh, she says, I don't think I'm going to make it. And no amount of deep sea fishing is going to get that uh, the memory of their, <laughs> their uh, torn up grandmother dying in Pierce Brosnan's arms out of their head. Ugh.
1: But, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't think that's realistic.
0: I don't know, though. So then he drives the car, because they can't get out of the town, he drives the car into the mine. That's still fucking driving. Yeah, and crashes the car into the mine. He he picked up a transmitter that they just so happened to get from NASA, and he brings it with them. They crash into the mine. They go where hit, like the the little kid's secret stash or is yeah. whatever because him and his friends hang out in this mine for some reason. Which his
1: mom's like it's dangerous in there. Yeah, it's yeah dangerous. Man, apparently, yeah, apparently not. It's the only safe place now.
0: Right. So they go there, and Pierce Brosnan's like, oh, fuck, I forgot the transmitter. Like, first of all, you had one job. I mean, how did you forget (laughs) that transmitter? But he goes back, and there's some sort of earthquake or whatever, plot convenience quake that uh, separates them. And he gets into the car to get it. He's trying to get the transmitter. And then the fucking rocks start, fall. the earth's, shifting and everything, yeah. and it turns this car into like a tin can, and it just keeps getting closer and oh. closer and closer, and, and there's like it's, he's buried alive. Yeah,
1: he's got a broken arm at this before he even gets into the mm-hmm. car, too.
0: So he's just buried alive in there. Yeah, He kicks at this NASA thing, he gets it to, to start transmitting, and then we just cut. Like, he's, he's trapped in there. I don't know if he'd have enough oxygen to last, to be honest with you, if he's buried that deep but he's stuck in there and uh we cut to his little team that got out of there his his boss didn't make it but no I, like his <laughs> the penalty for him being wrong i guess was to be thrown into a fucking river and killed swept away <laughs> but it was so funny because before that they're talking on the phone and he's like just for the record uh, you know for what it's worth you were, you were right and i was wrong and it's like not the time, maybe you know.
1: Well, but I, I disagree. It was the time because there was a high likelihood they wouldn't make it out of this, what, and does it he didn't. It mattered to him. It was important to him to well, admit that he was wrong. Okay. He knew he was wrong.
0: All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> so the guy that that was shown earlier in the movie to know something about this transmitter, he happens to look over at the array of lights and sees one blinking. And he's like, hey, how long has that been blinking? He's like, I don't know, a day or two. <laughs> yeah. And then he says something like, oh, thank you, NASA, or whatever. And he, like, screams it a bunch of times. And then they cut to rescuing Pierce Brosnan, who's somehow still alive. But, I mean, and the dude's not fucking, like, he seems like there's nothing wrong with him. Right, I mean, they pull he... him out, and he's like, oh, the kids are in there, though. <laughs> and, uh, and Linda Hamilton and her kids are in there. We've got to get them. It's not like... He's not fucking ranting and raving. He's not. He doesn't look shell shocked. He should be severely dehydrated mm. and like convinced he was gonna die. Right.
1: Like it, more than just limping, right? With a broken arm.
0: <laughs> and then his little teams, like oh, they were saying like oh he like they recount they recount the one re, the her only lines are recounting the last scene. She's like oh yeah he was like oh thank you NASA they, like you know, a bunch of times. It's like yeah we we just heard that. Yeah. Don't need you to explain it again. And he's like, "Hey, where's our boss?" And I'm like, oh, I didn't make it. At least he got to see the show, though. It's <laughs> a weird lie. But I mean, that's to those people.
1: That is true. Like, like I said, when they're driving away from the horror show, right? Mm-hmm. And their mom's like, "Don't look! Don't look!" Like, why would you not look? Right? You want? I mean, like, if I was going to be killed by a natural disaster, I would not want to blink because at least you get that this special thing that a lot of people. <laughs> Never
0: get to see you get to see it. Anyone whose family members were killed in a natural disaster, just think about how special that was. How rare, like lottery winners.
1: I mean, seriously, like tornadoes, and you know, it's pretty and cool.
0: I think there's something wrong with your brain. That's why, and that's why you drag me to these fucking movies I don't like.
1: I'm sorry.
0: twister and fucking at least twister was all right but this was
1: all right
0: too eh, it's it okay so the movie works the movie works like it's supposed to work i do have some problems with like i said i think it'd be more interesting if the if it was a little more fleshed out character motivations and i think if there was instead of the boss if it was those two butting heads a little bit more like a little bit of anger, sexual chemistry underneath and stuff like that. If she had a little more control, a little more agency, if she had a little more of a point, I think those things would have made it better. But as far as what the movie wants to do, which is have us get to know and care about these characters, at least to a little bit of a degree, and then destroy their lives (laughs) so that we can be sad about that and everything, it, it works well. And from a... Technical aspect, like I said, everything is is really lots of practical effects in this movie, and everything's really well done.
1: Yeah, it's very it's very cool to look at.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's so it's good in that. I, would Would you recommend it?
1: Yeah, highly.
0: I, I can't say highly, but I think I would recommend it. Well,
1: especially to see it in the theater on the big screen with all the lava and. I mean, I
0: <laughs> I enjoyed it, and it worked emotionally. For me, mm-hmm. and that this is coming from someone that doesn't like these kind of movies, right? So I would say it 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 earns high marks in that in that regard, and the acting is good. You yeah. know, it's I mean there's there's nothing hugely to write home about. I think Pierce Brosnan is a little miscast in this, if you ask me. Okay, but uh, you know, but other than that, I I think it's pretty good. I liked it. Well, that is our episode, Kara. Why don't you uh you know do your thing? So you
1: can write us at latefee nineteen ninety four at dot com. Let mm-hmm. us know if you agree. Um you can check out our website at yep. www.retrolatefee.com. dot com. You got it. And <laughs> tell your friends.
0: Alright, we will see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.